0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tomorrow Will Be Great. I am Elise. And I'm Julia. And today we have a very exciting guest on with us. We have Eva Masaki, who is one of our amazing designers, who does great eyewear. We have a great collection of her sunglasses, and she also works with other designers in other capacities, and we're going to talk about that. And Julia and Eva have known each other for a very long time. I, I think it's a long time. Two
1: thousand since 2000 and- wait
2: 16 2015 around there yeah around there yeah yeah, yeah you were like in boston and
1: yeah, yeah. even yeah. i both have very strong ties to massachusetts grew <laughs> up there
0: um so eva if you want to give us a little overview of your company and All that good stuff, we'd love to hear it.
2: Yeah, so my company is called Masaki Ave. And the idea is that I'm like an avenue connecting countries and and cultures with products. So I started doing it when I lived in Japan. Um, Originally, I started in action sports. And it was the same kind of concept that these um, distributors and stores wanted products from the u.s so it's that's kind of how i got into it and then from there it it grew into different products and working with different industries and yeah but i've been doing it for a long time since like 2003 wow wow that is a long time and it was yeah, it wasn't something like i planned to do or you know thought i'd stay in for so long but i realized like the concept just sort of worked across many industries and then with japan i was like okay bringing stuff to japan and now it's taking things that are Japanese and bringing them to the U.S. or Europe. So you've really done it both ways. Yeah. Taking things and bring it
1: there and vice versa. That's
0: really neat. Yeah, what would you say, like, do you do more of now or is it pretty
2: even? It's pretty even. I still work with distributors in Japan um, with people that I've worked with for years, so I still help them, but it's a lot easier going that way. I don't do any of the sales myself. It's all, they handle everything on the ground, which for a long time, like I actually was living in Japan and I did the sales and it was like in a second language and in a, in a culture that is very, very rigid in terms of business. It was like, it was hard. <laughs> and it was, I'd go into meetings and I had my business card and I'd sit down and like speak the most formal Japanese I possibly could and like tried to be as Japanese as I could. And like, after a while I was like, oh, I'm just not japanese <laughs> it was really it stressed me out and i was like oh i don't want to you know offend people or whatever so it's a lot easier having the distributors there handle everything and then i'm basically in the middle doing all the communication I'm just sort of translating like the culture of the brand and those kind of things and then versus here it was it's really like it's nice to take a japanese brand and bring it to the us and i feel like i have a lot of pride in those products and so it's it's really nice doing more so being more involved and meeting the stores and you know telling the story myself and english was a lot easier for (laughs) me than japanese yeah
1: how many years were you there doing it in the beginning um
2: so yeah when i first moved to japan after college it was 2003 and then i stayed there pretty permanently for about i say it's just i try to like in my mind like you know, go back and, and remember like different stages of it. But it was like 10 years that I stayed there full time. Wow. It oh, wow. was a long time. It was a long time. And I, i thinking back on it now. Like I didn't come back to the U S at all. I would like, I'd go to Thailand and I'd go to Korea and I would travel, I'd go to Europe, but, um, I came back very, very rarely. And obviously like, you know, spoke to my family and stuff, but it was, it was really like out of touch with America, I guess, and like, you know, stuff that you just don't realize if you don't live here, like, be it music or,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: or like TV shows or movies or stuff like that. Like, I had no idea about it. So it was kind of like coming back here and, and starting sales for Ichi was like, getting to know how to do business in the United States because I'd never done it, it as strange as it sounds. That's so interesting. I don't think I knew that you were
1: there for 10 years. That's I mean, so I knew long. You were there, like, I guess I didn't know it was that long. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that you were able to kind of leap to different places while you were there.
2: To... It was really interesting because when I started, I was in like a village in a really rural um, area of Japan. that it's not like a tourist destination where like my family had never even heard of the village where I initially went though luckily it was like nearby my aunt it was I I didn't really want to go to Tokyo I wanted like a different experience in Japan so I was really excited to go to this village and then from there I stayed in the cities that were nearby and then at the end it was kind of like like my dad had always been like you need to go and you know experience Tokyo more and I'm like okay so I I went there and that was kind of like the last place I ended up but and that was obviously where you know the fashion and all those kind of things. But I really, for me, like, I, I enjoyed the side of Japan that maybe not everybody experiences and that was more like in the villages. That's great. And I know we talked, have talked about this in the past,
1: but I know that your parents kind of brought you up in a house that there was a lot of retail and that's part of their business and they were always in retail. And how did this influence you growing up and also going into the retail trade as you traveled and when you came back here?
2: So, yeah, they always, my dad and I, they always own stores. Um, when I was little, they had a gallery, and they had one in Soho and then one in Massachusetts. Um, and so they would bring artists, be it like indigo dyers, or um, they worked with a lot of different potters. Some people that are, I mean, they're world heritage artists. Um, so they, my parents were, they were definitely like ahead of the trend, I think, um, for Japanese work into the United States, um, so they had their two galleries. After that, it was called the Yamato House. Yamato means Japan, so it was like the Japanese house, their their concept. Um, they went on to do, you know, other research, always with with different countries. So after the Yamato House, they went and they did. Um, my dad traveled all over Asia and he did different, different pottery and different pieces. So, yeah, I mean, and just seeing you know, always doing their own business, it, I, I felt like oh I'll do it myself too. My dad was never the type that got an office. He was just like traveling and sending me cards and going to a shop every day. And it, it to me, it seemed very normal as a child. So,
0: can we talk a bit about your sunglass line? because that it seems very much connected to your other business, but kind of like a whole different, maybe, more creative outlet. We love it. It's super fun. All of the sunglasses are really unique. And if you just tell us a little bit more about how you got into that business and how you started and even like how you knew where to start, that would be super cool.
2: Um, so when I, I was living in Japan and I was doing sales for Cutler and Grows, um, and I worked with them for eight years. I set up like a showroom and, um, it was a really incredible learning experience like for the first brand that I did sales for, because I don't know if you know much about them, but they're historically just, they're such a pioneer in the industry. So like, you know, I was looking at their designs all and learning and doing their sales and then I helped other brands, but, um, and then when I was kind of getting out of the industry, my friend in Italy was like, oh, well, you know, if you're going to leave the industry, then at least, um, maybe you should do your own brand. And I, I mean, I had kind of thought about it, but I wasn't, he gave me a lot of confidence to think like, oh yeah, just, you know, put it, put your name on it. It's gonna be great. And, and and, yeah, but like he, he really guided me and and helped me and, you know, I gave him my inspiration and and I would sketch stuff and, and we, I mean, I would see him twice a year at at the different shows. So we were really good friends. And so he kind of knew my style and, and yeah, it was, a very easy kind of organic thing to do. Um, but he was like, you can't have one style. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Just kind of, you know, trying to grow it really quickly. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> when you're using all your own money to, to develop a brand, it's, it's like it, creating that depends on everything else that I do on a daily basis. So it, um, it was a slow process, but, and I don't know, I feel like with, with my designs, um, Instead of like, you know, creating 10, 20 styles or something where you see with different brands, it's like, I really appreciate like going slow and perfecting what I do have and like changing maybe the temples on something or recent, like changing right now, I'm working on a new hinge. So like, just, you know, creating something with like a stronger hinge, how that's going to change the frame or like the different lenses, seasonally, how much that changes everything. It's, it's a small things that I kind of like gradually perfecting it. Yeah.
1: I always love those small details and hinges yeah. and things like mm-hmm. I can tell if there's a good hinge on my mm-hmm. glasses and I like being able to see it through the transparent acetate. Oh yeah.
2: Really nice too. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like when you see the golds and the inside or you can see like the yeah, the handcraftedness of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: It must have been really fun to visit all the factories and see the different parts that make the yeah. different components and kind of
0: Work with them there. I mean, the the pictures you've posted on your Instagram of uh, the spots in Italy look amazingly beautiful and very dreamy.
2: Yeah, I mean that's kind of my concept for fall is that I really want to introduce the area, Italy because it's it's the Prosecco region, so it's it's protected by UNESCO and it is one of the most beautiful places I've ever traveled to. So it's amazing to be able to go there and you know they start drinking Prosecco obviously at lunch. And you go about doing your work, and then after the factory closes, you go back and, and you start drinking bottle. Um, that's, and then I did prosecco tasting last time I was there, and uh, it really, it is, it is so beautiful. And I, I feel like that beauty um, of the land. I want to, I want to tell that more because you know it's like, I don't every factory and what people experience is like, is like a trip and a travel, and and this place the visit is it's magical um so yeah and when i go there you know he was the factory and, and just kind of oversee the production and i always meet all the different owners um and the people in there and then just like picking out new acetates or looking at new lenses um deciding talking about different styles and um, that's something i do with my friend that's based there and so fortunately because he speaks English, you know a lot i feel like japan and italy are In the sense that a lot of people don't feel speaking English, but luckily because I have this lovely person in the middle, he's able to translate everything for me and then I'm able to deal with mysteries and in a really a much more personalized way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Will you get ideas while you're there that you didn't have before? Like you'll go in with some ideas, but then you'll see an acetate or a lens. Yeah. And then you'll be like, Oh, of course, gotta do that.
2: Exactly. I mean, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to with the lenses and without actually seeing person it's hard to, to, to select. So being there I get to obviously touch and see everything and like all the acetates are there's always something that you can't see in a catalog. I mean it's like that you wouldn't see in a catalogue or, or at the showroom here. So actually going to the source over there is obviously much more inspiring. But then I'm always kind of inspired by the land, like, oh certain color that i saw or like a certain sunset um right now i'm working on to sort of tell the story of the land i wanted to talk about grapes. and so i had fanny uh, illustrate the the galera the grape that's there i want to show it at harvest because that's when new styles are going to come out so the grapes that she drew look they're really ripe and they look like the you know the fruit of of that region um and so it's it's always really like i'm to tell that story and and bring to light to where the frames are actually coming from
1: oh I can't wait to see that yeah it sounds yeah. beautiful
2: it is really beautiful um and then like you know I'm trying to find like these prosecco makers we are not represented in the US and and bring their prosecco over and do once we can all park. <laughs> 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 and yes. swinging back and, um, it's you know a friend of mine in San Francisco it's been really interesting talking Prosecco because it's there's so many variants be it like the level of dryness to super dry to like super sweet it's a completely different drink. and so I want as much as I want to show you know, region I also want to have like experience of Prosecco because for me too, it was like an Experience going there and drinking the Prosecco. It's like nothing. I've ever had here
0: uh, I have another quick question about that. Um, I was wondering about the design process Um, Because I realized that there are all these like beautiful tiles of what's it? What are like acetate and lenses? But do you sketch or do you render it in three D? Like how do you go about designing
2: glasses? Yeah. So for me, it's more so just sketching and you know finding inspiration that way, and then sitting down with the actual engineer that puts it into like a CAD design. Um, So that's been like a, a learning process, and then you know figuring out what fits um one thing that i really learned after being in the industry in japan was that like a lot of you know european and u.s companies they don't fit the facial structure like it it, the asian facial structure and so that even though these brands you know are really cool and everyone loves them in japan they just they don't fit their faces so for me it was like the whole time i was um working on like on my 001 style (laughs) i fit it on my mom i just kept like making sure it fit her face as much as it fit mine because it's My face is, like, in between, obviously, but then, like, because the nose, mostly everybody's structure of their nose is what changes how it it fits. So that it took a long time to get that to be a shape that she basically (laughs) improved up. um, And then just, yeah, from there, it's, you know, the colors and and lenses. And that's also a very kind of interesting industry that I've learned a lot about. With I work with Zeiss, and so, you know, all those lenses and, and... different colors and and all that. It's really a fun process. And then from there, another really important thing for me was the cases. And I really, I wanted to bring something new to the market because I feel like a lot of brands don't put a ton of effort or a ton of focus into the case. So I, I wanted something that would be like, feel just as special as the frame.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, you definitely make really amazing cases. I, I love your leather ones all yeah. the time. We love the ones that we like got the got black in. yeah,
0: the like the black leather ones that have like the little piece of leather to hold the nose piece in the wraparound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can add a picture of this to the show notes because I don't think anyone else will understand that. But there it's just a really, really classy and chic like it doesn't look like just a throwaway. Like literally like a throwaway. Like I've had yeah. some classes that cases just seem like a piece of felt I and mean, it is literally just a piece of felt and you're just like well this thing protect my glasses and B, like if i lose it it's not a big deal but i feel like the cases that you designed for your glasses they seem really precious
1: yeah, and like,
0: no, they you are a piece of art in addition to the glasses and i think that's a really nice touch
1: and you can yeah. like, bring like um having the glasses cloth have a really oh, cool print yeah. on it too and i know we'll talk about that a little later but that's really fun too
2: yeah, uh, that's just like a I guess, you know, all my business is like a form of collaboration, be it even though it is at the end of the day it's, it's sales and stuff, but like it's it's been really interesting you know like even how i'm talking about this friend in italy that helps me it's like collaborating with him to help me make a frame and then from there i wanted these cases so i've worked with different artists but right now i mainly work with raku and she's the one that does the leather but like collaborating with her to be able to showcase her skill set which i could never make a case like she does and she designs everything and then also with the cloths it's it's like a collaboration with different artists and trying to like feature different people and different relationships through my brand
0: we 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 hear it around our total glasses nerds. We all literally ever <laughs> store and <laughs> glasses. So I, th- I feel like we we really yeah. notice those details. And I think they just make it all the more special because you take a really cool and beautiful pair of glasses and then you just keep adding on the more, more details and more details and more details mm-hmm. and then it becomes like this. Beautiful little capsule of
1: beauty. When I finally was an adult and picking out my own things, the first thing I was—I'm picking out my own glasses and my own sunglasses <laughs> because before it was like, "Mom's like, here's the insurance class Yeah, I
0: feel like, like, because you also have—I know we have another question about it, but like, you have the most fun color combinations. Oh, and good. like they're so happy. Oh, like, good. It all seems so <laughs> cheerful and, and jolly. Yeah, and they also all have such pizzazz. (laughs) I feel like, like, how did you decide what, because I feel like a lot of eyewear designers and eyewear brands Mm. go very serious in their execution. And how did you, I mean, you also do have some of the more serious like frames and lenses, but then you also have this really great variety of yellow glasses with yellow lenses and then rose colored glasses with rose colored lenses. And they're so happy and fun and different. It's like, how did you decide that you wanted to go for both practical and fun in your line versus just here are practical sunglasses. Right.
2: Right. That's not really fun to just make like technical. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it it was more like, I wanted to always have like something fun and I'm glad that you picked up on that and the colors and like the lens combinations. And I don't know, I was trying to do something that feels different from the industry, um, which is maybe why I I sort of got burnt out on it was it, it just felt too like Business, business, money, money, money—kind of, you know, industry. After a while, and so, like, yeah, with me, I, it was like, okay, let's do some wild stuff and and just kind of, yeah, take risks on colors and lenses and and just sort of learn as I go. And of course, there've been like, there've been some mistake in terms of colors I picked, but luckily, I'm also doing like super small production, so it's never like, oh my god, I have a hundred of these like crazy or two hundred of these colors that like, who's gonna wear these kind of bad. Fortunately, I've never been in that um, scenario yet. So, it's, but as I've learned, I've also been like, you know, kind of gotten smarter about it. So like, okay, I should actually have all the possible color chips at, at the table. I'm not just like, you know, pulling them from, from different places or like just mm-hmm. using um, what's available. It's, it's so, And also with the lenses, I kind of created a relationship with Zeiss. And so they have been really supportive and like they send me like new lenses that they get or like, you know, some special ones that they have little stock in and that they're willing to let me use. So, yeah, it's definitely, like, but it's, like, a constant... Learning experience,
1: and it's yeah. good. I know you mentioned this in passing that like you can order fairly small quantities, and mm-hmm. that lets you experiment with different yeah. color combinations. Um, yeah, how many are in addition of like a certain colorway that you might be working on, or does it vary, or how do you decide how many units? Yeah, per style.
2: I mean, they're Italians, and they always like you know, bust my chops about stuff. So like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're going to make 10. And I'm like, no, I just, it's a crazy color. Like I did a pink at one point And like, I just, I, at that point, it was just starting out. I, at the most I wanted to make was like 20, you know, and, mm-hmm. and luckily they're willing to work with me that way. Um, so I can do like a total of, you know, 20, 30 pieces per color, um, which in an industry like I wear, it's, that's kind of unheard of. Mostly it's, at least 50 pieces if not 100 pieces per color um at a time so yeah i feel really fortunate that i have this kind of community of people that i'm working with over there that are are willing to allow me (laughs) to make these kind of small runs um
1: yeah no uh, i know that's so important to be able to do yeah
2: because then you can take like doing
0: a yellow and yellow sunglasses where i mean because we talk about this about this a lot at the shop is like there's only X many people who necessarily are interested in X idea. And so then yeah. I like, hit all those people, but you don't want to have too much, like too much extra because like if there's 10 people who are in your customer base, who would do a yellow sunglasses, yellow sunglasses, that sounds weird who yeah. do a yellow yeah. sunglasses, yeah. like you don't that you don't want 20 because if you are like, I can actually sell the 10 like you wouldn't want to have you want it to be
1: special
2: yeah yeah
1: that thing might become
2: the hot commodity commodity and then you have right and then you're like oh my god I, I should have made more it's yeah it's always like a, a super fine like kind of challenge like oh and like you can't really second guess yourself like yeah the yellow one I made it's a crazy you know colorway but then the people that actually have it like I, I want them to have it and I know right. they appreciate it. And then it's like, it's one of their collection. So it means a lot, but like, yeah, it's not, it's just, yeah, I shouldn't make like a hundred of that. Cause then it wouldn't be so like crazy and, and wild. It's it's the more yeah limited sort of feeling, which, yeah. I, I guess overall, I want my brand to feel like that, that it's like, if you don't buy it now, like I probably won't make it again. Like and very unique. Like, yeah, exactly. Capsule. Capsule. Definitely capsule. Capsule sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I know I wanted to number them. And then my friends like, yeah, but if you ever brought that color back, what the, what would you do? <laughs> that's a good, I mean, I,
0: I do like the idea of numbering them. That's really, that's a cool Yeah. Idea. If you're I like, it's, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to bring
2: it back because then it makes it kind of like an art print or something. Exactly. It's like an art, a piece yeah. of artwork. Yeah. But it's wearable, wearable art. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. on your face. <laughs> <if you're laughs> on <that.
0: laughs> and in the past year or so, you've launched the optical part of yeah. sunglasses. So how did you decide to add optical glasses in addition to sunglasses to your product line?
2: Um so it's kind of like a gradual you know, sort of thing. I had interest from friends that were wearing my brand to to just like wear them as optical. Um, it wasn't initially my thought because I felt like, at least with the 001, I was like, oh, this is a sunglass. I, I wasn't sure people would see it as I wear like an optical frame. But it's really interesting how good it looks on people. Like, I, I have it in like a matte black and a regular black and it's it looks amazing. And um, so it's, it was kind of like that it was, it wasn't something like I decided it was more like people the need for it and being like, wow, it was amazing. Like the reaction that uh, people had to it. And, and so then with the, you know, my second shape with the BQE and with Taya it's like, okay, I have to make, make optical and just because they, yeah, they fit people so well. So. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, the industry is, it's a whole nother. Yeah. Do you have to
1: tweak the models at all to transition them from being sunglasses?
2: No, you you really don't.
1: And then it's not much of a difference. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it's more so just colors maybe. Um, You know, some colors look really great as sunglasses and then you can never imagine them as optical. So it's okay. If you're going to have optical, you always have to have like the brown and the black and and have those options for people. But yeah, it's it's definitely like a new kind of undertaking. Um, and I haven't really, like I, I sell the Salima Optique, but in terms of optical, it's, and, and I think like, you know, fashion people too, or some of my stores are excited to bring in optical, but then they're like, oh, I don't even know how to sell these. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's yeah, it's, it's the same for everybody. Like,
0: oh, this is new. Cause yeah, it's a, it's a whole different field it is, exactly. Optical shops like to have their identity. They're like, this is who we are as an optical shop. And, mm-hmm. But and I it's guess it's the same as a though. boutique. It's, it's just like yeah. a different
1: genre.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm completely unfamiliar with. It's it's very exciting because I, I love like my personal favorite that looks the best on me mm-hmm. is the BQE. Okay, that's what like, I thought. I love them and they're just like very, all your glasses are kind of like really cool takes on classic shapes that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the Taya and stuff like Julia looks great in the Taya yeah I'm yeah. a
1: Taya person. person
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really cool that you have like these three very distinctive shapes but they all make sense together and they all yeah. transition into a lot of different I guess like kind of personalities like depending on how you like you were saying like having it in matte black it makes it look very much like a glass like optical glass yeah, optical can go crazy. Like, I know we had a pair that were so cool. They're like pearlized with gold flakes in them, totally. like at the very, very beginning. And it's like, that's, looks like a totally different glasses. Totally. totally. Yeah. And it's just yeah. so cool that these styles are very like classic, but also can have totally different personalities based on how you like style them. And then it's like, Oh, I can totally see Julia wearing this pair and then be wearing this pair. And based on like what your style is, it's really, it's a really neat industry I guess because you can yeah. like fulfill so many people's needs yeah, and totally. it's like I don't know but we also Life look playful at all about fun fun glasses here <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh, are there other any other areas of design you're interested in branching out into and what's next for your line and my website
2: but you can see like i did do some bags i when i was you know traveling back and forth to japan so much i i just i guess i really like bags i find like (laughs) bags and bags of duffel bags like david my husband's like honestly i don't want to see any more duffel bags of bags like underneath like anywhere in our house you just find like bags i guess i collected bags and so um but not like your your average more like maybe people have you know like dressy bags and leather and stuff. it's more my bags are more like they're just not those kind of bags <laughs>
1: like, i have a lot of north face bags and like yeah like a
2: lot of those technical bags um i worked with north face in japan for a while so i just like they would give me bags and I was like oh this is great like as much as I like the bags they're actually really useful at that point but so yeah when I was there um I started designing like a kind of an oversized tote um an in indigo with some friends and so that's sort of a bag that I I put my like a different logo on there but I have that bag and then I have a smaller like a bag in bag that I designed with them um with a zipper and so I I really though, that took me a long time to kind of perfect those bags over the years but I, I enjoyed doing that and then with Ichi I did some t-shirts that you know just like your classic like white t-shirt and and a gray t-shirt that Ichi's obviously amazing at doing those kind of products so I did that with them and then we did like a sweatshirt at one point I was like I love like because sitting on an airplane all the time I just I wanted like a, the most amazing hooded sweatshirt that I could curl up and sleep in so um they were they were great and they helped me design like a a sweatshirt and I got to do some you know different itchy fabrics in it and but then as I've you know once I've kind of started to put more of a focus on my eyewear I'm like I I need to like focus on what kind of product I'm going to make so like instead of spending money on making t-shirts and I still do the bags but like keeping a, a smaller stock of them, um, and not branching out into making some other kind of bag. Like I should focus on my frames and, you know, perfect what I have kind of made and then like to make new, new styles and just keep focused on that story as much as I can.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess my question is, you don't have to have an answer to this. You don't have to answer it, is, are you going to come out with a new frame shape at some point?
2: Soon? Yeah. So I started working on it and I have some samples coming. Um, So I'm excited to, I should get those later this month. And then, you know, maybe because of the current climate that we're in, like, is it it safer that I just do like a new run of F001s and and some standard colors and then some fun kind of crazy colors. And just because, yeah, I mean, financially, I can't like go into some major production all the time. It's like, I have to be very careful about how I develop my brand. So I'm like, I'm kind of waiting right now. I'm going to, get the new samples and see how they feel. And then I have like a whole storyline for that too. So it's, it's something I can launch when the timing is right. And then I'm like, well, maybe for the like most immediate future, I should just, yeah, do this new run of 001s and, and kind of have that as like a stable a base for now. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: I know that's a topic. I mean it's funny, I was trying I know recording I shouldn't be like laughing over yeah. <laughs> why, it's so, so hard for editing, but it's really hard for me not to relate to some that's of what you neat. said. So oh, true. Right. I mean, we've we've learned a lot the past Year and past couple mm. of about like the psychology of buying and ordering and
2: mm-hmm.
1: people really wanting what they see at the time and then you offer yeah. a new thing and they're fixating on the old thing and the old thing yeah, yeah exactly but then you get the old thing and they, and they don't, don't want the it they want the anymore. new thing yeah and it's just like it's like how are you supposed to figure this all out
0: yeah I guess oh. taking. Educated leaps of faith. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. kind of how I've
2: been feeling. I'm like, uh, I, I'll wait. I'll wait till I get the samples. But I'm pretty sure that yeah, doing like another 001 run just for now like a small run and and just kind of play it a little bit safer than maybe I normally do.
0: People are special. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it also. I mean, it's also. I guess like it, it shows that the double O one is a very strong silhouette. That that's not- exactly. So I guess it's like a good sign that like your first, the first thing
2: you designed for the line is still a favorite. still like, exactly. That's how I've been reading it. And yet I have a lot of people that are like repeat customers and they have like five different colors in my 001.
1: There is something just kind of instant, the instant cool factor of putting sunglasses on.
0: Especially glasses. Yeah. Like you make cool sunglasses. Yeah. It looks, it looks very finished. Yeah, you and feel also, more put together, kind of. It's and also you know. with COVID and the masks, you like mm. look completely untouchable. Yeah. It's like, okay. do not <laughs> <talk to> me. <laughs> it's like, let me grocery shop in peace. Yeah. So, um, so as as we've been talking and as we've been mentioning, uh, you work a lot in both Japan and Italy. And so, mm-hmm. is it possible that you could talk a bit about how travel influences your business and your designs, and it, also how things have changed since COVID and a lot of strict travel. Strict travel
2: restrictions, strict travel restrictions. Yeah, I mean, I guess everything, you know, I obviously take constant inspiration from being in different cities when I would travel constantly Um, and then making different relationships and and meeting different people and being like, oh, well, we can collaborate on this and, and do that. And it was always kind of like electrifying, you know, traveling and and just the random things that would pop up along the way, um, but it was also extremely, extremely tiring. I guess that angle of it, I don't really miss. Like sometimes I'd, I'd wake up in Tokyo, and I honestly didn't know where I was. So I, I was like, "What city?" I? And I had to think until I heard, you know, certain noises, or I, I could smell something. Then I, I would like <laughs> it would ping me into where I was. And So I. I don't miss that, that constant exhaustion, but I do miss yeah the, the inspiration that I got from traveling. So it's it'll be good once we're able to all, you know, jump on a plane and, and go places again. And I'm so excited to go to Japan and, and stay there for, like, I want to go and stay for a month at least and just kind of submerge myself back into the culture. And I feel so removed from it right now. So, yeah.
1: I know. I think that we're all just going to enjoy everything and never take it for granted yeah. again. No, I know. Freely in that way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's crazy how, yeah, I just thought like getting on a flight was, was so normal. I and mean, sometimes I flew to Japan twice a month and like.
1: I remember you mentioned <sighs> in the past and just like, oh, it's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it was, was a
2: lot, lot. Yeah. It was crazy. So, I, was, I was working for North Face and I had to do their like windows and the um, like women's stores and so like they kindly flew me back and forth and they didn't mind how many times I, I flew but it was it was really really hard um to do that but yeah
1: and how does it work running a business in multiple time zones are you just up all the whole day <laughs> like <up> it? <laughs> <hours>. <laughs> um it was
2: it, yeah like you know mainly when I was here and then Japan would start waking up I'd start working from like four or five o'clock on in the evening. Um, And then I could work, like I can work until I go to bed as long as I can. A lot of times I just do it on my phone, but I'm like communicating online or, you know, WhatsApp with people. Um, And then, yeah, when I get up in the morning, but it's as I've gotten older and (laughs) I've been doing it for so long, I, I feel like I've learned to kind of distance myself from it. So like when it works for me, instead of like putting down my fork and jumping on the phone every second, like, or, if I want to have a glass of wine at night, not thinking like, oh my God, I got to talk to these people. Like I can, I, I learned to kind of put a divide um, because otherwise, yeah, I could literally work like 24 hours a day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. hard to know when to stop when you have your own business. It yeah. is really hard. Yeah. And you get your internet
0: yeah. emails at 2am and you're like, do I answer at 2am? And you're like, yeah. I probably shouldn't. I should probably wait till I'm awake. Trying to go back to that. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's definitely hard. I mean, you must struggle with that too like how to kind of put your foot down and be like okay it's time for me right now and
1: yeah i've been trying to not sleep with my phone by my bed the past weeks to see if that helps because if i can't sleep then i pick it up
2: then you really
0: can't sleep then then
1: if there's just like an odd email of like Mm -hmm. "Ah," like yeah like mull it over ruminating on that and so a little boundary there
2: for sleeping yeah
1: but no, definitely.
2: Hard. I mean, you guys deal with like customer service. I do a little bit, obviously, with my brand, but like not on a scale that you are. I feel like customer service is honestly one of the hardest things in the world.
1: It's funny. Sometimes it can be like I'd say ninety percent of the time, it's super enjoyable
2: and fun yeah. to help you mm. work with.
1: But, but then, then you get the weird emails. Then there's these weird yeah. emails,
0: like, and you're like, I, I, you're like, I'm gonna, gonna like think on my response. I'm gonna wait on my response. I'm gonna email back, and I'm gonna reread the email a few times to make sure that. Everything is clear. Everyone yeah. answers. Yeah. We're acknowledging people's feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So we talked a lot about like your glasses, and why don't we just talk about what it's like to run your business and be a mom to Taya and your family? Like how yeah. how does that how is that?
2: Yeah, it's definitely challenging. It's gotten harder as she's you know gotten older and she's more aware. Um, I feel like my whole kind of take on, on being like a working mother was just to like include her in everything I've done. So I've taken her to Japan twice. Like I was signing a contract with North Face and she like farted at the table. And they like, <laughs> like, 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 luckily they're all men, you know, she was a teeny baby and they just, everyone's like, starts laughing. And I'm, like, oh, wait, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Like, and they're like, Go, go to the bathroom. I'm like, do you know where it is? I'm like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she's definitely been, you know, involved in, in all aspects. And it, with my glasses, I, I feel like, and with my business, it's, I, it's something I want her to, to feel like she has a place with, and it's like her window into my world of business. And, and like, I'm really excited to have her come to Italy with me. Like I, the people at the factory are like, just bring her, bring her, you know, we want to play with her and, and we'll babysit. Like the lady in the office is always like, just, yeah, bring her. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, but I know I won't get anything done, but, um, it's nice to feel like, oh, I can use my business as a way to travel with her and a, a way to show her the world.
1: Well, I think it's so, a wonderful gift to give her yeah. just to be yeah. part of something so special and to be able to travel. And and she, she's
0: so cute. And she, she looks like, you
1: know, <laughs> yeah, She's,
0: like, a, she's an A-plus sunglass model. And she, I mean, she's, she's committed. Like
2: about. like when she goes to school, she like puts them on and she gets out of the car and she goes, <laughs> my son's sons (laughs) (laughs) and like a lot of people you know we get compliments on them and like at school they're like oh we love your sunglasses or the post office and then when i tell them like oh those are like really her sunglasses everyone's like wow no wonder she like she wears them like she's so proud (laughs) i know so i'm sure when she gets a little older or maybe she already
1: is she'll help you like pick colors this is the Taya and the color i want it to be
2: yeah Yeah. version 2.0 yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no she definitely already does pick stuff with me like i i just got this new kit of colors and and i knew she would love it like to play with it and, and as soon as i got it she was just picking through all the purples that like she's really into purple and kind of like figuring out which one she likes and and the pinks and yeah it, it's it's fun to, to have her involved and it's fun to have a friend that has her name on it, you know, even though that she doesn't, the tear doesn't fit her so well, but it's it's great to have that as like a way to continue to tell the story. And she's such a big part of it. Yeah, she's so sweet. Yeah, she's lovely. Um, She's extremely patient. I mean, she's, you know, I've been to so many different shows with me. I had, I schlepped her to like Colorado when she was three months. And she was teeny. And yeah, she went to the trade show with me out there. And yeah, the flights to Japan were they're really, really hard um, by myself with like 14 hour flights. Is yeah. But you know she's definitely like, she knows when I have to work too. She's like, you're done yet? You're done
1: yet? <laughs> so, so I know we spent a lot of time talking about your wonderful sunglasses, but I know that's just part of the business you run. Um, and the other half is Masaki Ave in which you do a lot of brand consulting and bringing brands from Japan to the U S or even other brands to, to kind of network and build relationships. I just think it'd be great if you could introduce and talk about that a little bit more and
2: your family's role in that and yeah i mean that's how we met too like i remember you know when Ichi was like tell me about how they were working with you and i was like okay and like do i reach out directly to julia or like should they tell her that like i'm involved um so that was kind of um yeah my with my company it was for the u.s it was bringing yeah ichi here and helping them with sales in the united states so that was that was like the first time i had done something here and kind of been growing it and
0: like what other designers do you because
2: uh, yeah like they are also seem like a really neat brand yeah so she's it's like a really interesting story about how i kind of connected with her like how you were asking me how my parents influenced my business they were traveling in mexico and um, in chiapas and my mom or maybe my dad, they heard her children speak Japanese. And then my, my dad, like, he loves talking to people. He's such a shopkeeper. And, like, I think that's his personality. Just to, he just loves, yeah, interacting with new people. So he heard them speaking. And then the kids were like, oh, our mom is Japanese in, in Mexico. And and she was the, the children told her, like, oh, she owns, like, a little atelier. She, has, like, she makes shoes. And so they took my parents there. And then my mom, you know. Talk to her name is Miki, but talked to Miki-san in Japanese, and like, and then she emailed me from Mexico. and was like, oh, you should help this lady. Like, look at her shoes; they're really beautiful. And and so I bought a pair. And then she came to New York to meet me. And then as I had them on, you know, I had some stores be like, what are those shoes? And and so it, it was a very like kind of organic way we decided to to start working together. But yeah, and that's another brand that I've introduced to the U.S. and, and slowly kind of help her you know, figure out what, what colors work, what styles work here, and yeah, fit it to the market. And then you know, she does all the cases now.
1: And... That's great. I mean, I think you probably have experienced this a lot, I'm guessing, working and being in a showroom. Sometimes you'll just be wearing something and you will yeah. get asked a lot about it. And I think there is something also working in the store too. Often people just want to know what you're wearing and it could yeah, totally. be something you're wrapping or not. It could be like something... It as Elise had on yesterday, it was her mom's sweater from the 80s. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sorry, you can't have it. Yeah, and you're like, no,
1: you can't hide it. So I think it's all really interesting the way those relationships are built and come together just by the act of wearing.
0: Yeah, it seems like yeah, and it seems like you've been like able to kind of very organically build your is it I would be your client base for uh, Wasaki client base. And that's really that's really neat i think like that's those are like the things people dream about is like having these really lovely organic relationships with people
2: and yeah i mean i feel fortunate that that i guess my business and the way i interact with people it's, it's been like kind of building off of everything and i mean even with my frames, it was like before i was even ready to sell them you know, maybe some customers saw them on and, and then we were like, oh, what are those? Oh, we'll, we'll buy them for our store. And I was kind of like, we don't even have like a catalog or a line sheet or like, I don't even know what colors I'm making. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, they were already like interested. So yeah, it, it is very, a, a, like a natural kind of development of everything I work
1: on. Yeah. No, I, it's funny because I had a similar conversation on the phone with someone a little while ago and they were saying like, they had no intention of selling at the beginning and they were in a store and people were just, the demand, they loved it. And they were like, Oh, what's a line sheet? Like, what do I do? I don't know. <laughs> and it, I think I, I love hearing those stories. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah no, it definitely, I,
2: you know, I feel like, yeah, that's like the one where you can really feel like the heart of the brand because it wasn't like someone that would just like decide like, I want to make a brand and I'm going to like, you know, kind of business sort of very like structure it. it it's kind of nice when it's more, just sort of like creates a form as it goes. Kind of.
1: What are some of your favorite designers or artists?
2: I'd say like you know, I, obviously, Ichi is always like really inspiring to me, and how they work with fabrics and how they make so many collections. It's incredible. I don't know how Jimpe can put out so many so many different designs. It's incredible. Like him, and he also makes the, the actual fabrics. Not all of them, but some of them, he designs the fabrics. The way they they pucker and they do all their So it's, I'm always really, really inspired by them. Um, and then some other Japanese brands like mint design. I, I love their work and their, their use of different textiles. And they're super innovative with everything they do. Um, So that's definitely been an inspiration. I did a sunglass case of them when I first started. They, they designed that with me. Oh,
1: I think I remember uh, that. Was it like a Black and and white triangle? Yeah. Yeah. Was oh. there something cream and purple? I don't about know it. Yeah, that
2: that was them
0: too. <laughs> okay, I was like, this is feeling familiar.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: those are really neat. Early like yeah, them.
2: I love it. There, they was like canvas that they coated in this kind of like in that material to cover it, and then they put like leather, and then it had snap. And you no, know, they're they're wonderful. I I love their work. I also you know tried to help with with bringing their brand into the U.S. too. It's a little bit difficult. It's a, a much more I, it, it's just a, if you look at their site you'll get it but
1: it's I think I remember looking before it's a little yeah. avant-garde I did exactly yeah
2: yeah and then I would I, I tried to like give them feedback but then I was like I don't want to like dumb down their style you know it, it's, it's yeah. very, very delicate that's another thing with my business I feel like sometimes you know you want to give feedback and, and give advice but then you don't want to kind of offend the designers in wow. any way yeah. but then if you want to fit it to the market there's there's just like a lot of a lot of things you have to do, even going to Japan or bringing Japanese stuff here. There's there's kind of like a, a bridge that needs to be made. Um, Ichis obviously like is is really great for this market, so it's been
1: for me like an easier. Yeah, no one thing that Elise and I always talk about like as a side business. We we actually really, you know the way you do like a an art crit in college or you do some kind of crit. Like we actually critique. really critique. Yeah, okay. For for, Sorry, for for people who don't know, <laughs> we a art. <laughs> <thing>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um we just like really like going through clothes and being like, so what's working with this piece or what's mm-hmm. not working with this piece yeah. and I always feel like it would be so interesting to like give the feedback to the brand in a way because like we don't mean in a it nice in, way in a nice way oh, in a way. nice way i agree because like, yeah. we like want them to do better and we think that like if you did x y or z yeah uh, like
0: or like this is this is a good direction mm-hmm. people are really responding to like this silhouette or whatever like go this way and not this way I'm
2: but sure that designers would appreciate that like yeah like, yeah i think a lot of the times i mean now obviously some people might be communicating more and more with the end user but it, it's definitely like a stretch versus you guys are much more in touch with that person Um yeah that'd be such valuable feedback
0: yeah. Yeah. I to find a really I nice know and way. I think maybe
1: you know before COVID it was like easier to say it like oh we see them twice a year at the show we'll say oh X did really mm, well.
0: or Y didn't and like because some... they can read your like expression and your inflection and so that if mm-hmm. you have like some feedback that maybe is not as positive you don't mm-hmm. seem like you're being a butt
2: <laughs> like, right,
0: right, right. you can have the face being like yes i yeah. i really appreciate it like admire your work but this is not this is not going great this is going great
2: yay I mean, make I your mean, a friend of mine that he does he's more on like creative direction for different brands he's always says to me that a lot of my let's say with my brand like a lot of the creativity comes from also like my background in sales so like as much as I want to add, you know, crazy pop and fun colours, I also realize you also need to make that those pieces that are that appeal to a wider audience that are a little more digestible than if you want to like go out on a limb and, and make like yellow sunglasses. Like <laughs> you also have to have that torque one there too. Like <laughs> it needs to be there. So yeah, I guess I, I feel that same kind of way. It's it's important to have to know like the sales side of, of your business when you Developing a brand too, so yeah, I think your feedback would probably
1: be really appreciated. Back to the sunglasses for a second. Um, we've noticed you've been doing a lot of painting and illustration collaborations with Fanny Gentle, um, yeah. especially like the boat stickers and shirts. We saw them a lot over the past year. And yeah. how did that come about? And how did you start having her illustrate some of your glasses cloths so and really t-shirts? Was- really cute. Yeah, because was really. I, yeah, cute.
2: I love her work. Um, I was at a park in Brooklyn, like a, in a playground, and she just, we were going through the gate, and I, I have the gate for her and her daughter. And um, she was like, Well, I like those shoes. And I was, like, I was wearing the Raku shoes that I, kind of like you were saying, people notice things you're wearing. Like, she just noticed my shoes. And then I I was like, Oh, well, like I have a couple pairs coming that I had ordered. And, and then, like, Oh, I can, you know, custom order them for you or whatever. And then so she's like, oh, here's my Instagram, like if we can just keep in touch. And and then as soon as I looked at her Instagram, I, I, I love her work. I find it very, it's very warm, it's very inviting, it's it's very happy. She's extremely talented and she's also like a very, very nice person. So the next time I saw her, I was kind of like, oh, she's going to be like weirded out if I try and like, put <laughs> my sunglasses on. You know, she liked my shoes and then I'm like, oh, but I have Ichi, like Ichi like, um, so we we were having coffee and they gave her the shoes and I was like, oh, at that point I was just asked her if she could illustrate my frames and it was just purely like, you know, that kind of exchange. And then as we became friends, it was more like we trade. And, and then I was like, oh, I don't know, but I, I'm picking up on your style and I feel like you might like Ichi and now it's like her favorite brand. And she's just like, she orders every, every collection and she <laughs> we, we trade like clothing for She's working on a new illustration for me right now. And then, mm. Yeah, she she was a she was a model. That's how she she's from Sweden, but that was how she came to the U.S. and so. Uh, And then, like, her husband's a photographer. I'm like, okay, so if you don't mind, I'm happy to give you these sunglasses if, like, Bill could just take a photo. So now she's like, she's my step in model now and then, too. So (laughs) we have a lot of different um, avenues of collaboration, but it's it's so powerful to meet somebody like randomly like that, but someone that you can just like continue and continue and continue to collaborate with and, and be excited about working with like that. And knowing that, like, she's not gonna be like, you know, think any idea is crazy. She always loves it. She's like, "Oh yeah, let's do it, let's do it!" Like she's always always in for whatever. So, um yeah, it's it's been awesome to to work with her and then like kind of figuring out how to use the artwork and you know different like okay, I should make a cloth and then I'll put like her artwork obviously it prints beautifully on the cloth that I make in Korea. So that's been really fun and then, like the these microfiber bags that I do, like the little pouches. So I have her artwork all over there. And um, like I was saying about the region of Italy, I want to tell more about that story. So like, right now, she's illustrating um, the grapes, the Prosecco grapes from there. And we're gonna turn that into a piece too. So it's there's always like the next um, development that we're working on and then she's just like yeah it's fine no, just. I think I have enough Ichi on order <laughs> like yeah you have like two seasons of spring coming and like, I'll be showing fall soon so she's like ready to order fall she's like
1: what's next what's next Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah it's, I know. it's
1: amazing that
0: you guys like randomly found each other because I feel like your two aesthetics make a lot of sense together
2: mm-hmm. and it's like
0: such a I would say it's such a New York story that you kind of just found someone who happens to be on the same wavelength as you.
2: Yeah, no, totally.
1: So so, so random. So wonderful. Yeah, every
2: time, you know, I when we, the apartment that we moved to um, from our old place, I'm like, you know, why do we move there? And I'm like, we moved there so I could have met Fanny. Like, I would never have met Uh her. We didn't move to that place. Like, that's the only good thing. I know. I feel like New York and
1: Philly, too, for me, it's just, I've encountered many creative people randomly that I never did before when I lived in Boston. And it's just really refreshing and nice like that. Yeah.
2: it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's so, it's just, it, it really makes a difference having that kind of like, I don't know, inspiration in your community. I, I, in New York is, I mean, we moved, I, that was another one of your questions, but we recently yeah. moved out of the city and you know, that was always my fear is like, Oh no, I'm not going to, find like that fanny chong again <laughs> and then, uh-huh. um, it's I, I also think like i don't know i wasn't really taking so much I, I those relationships are obviously right now it's hard to to meet people and you can't really hang out and then like i wasn't really feeling so inspired in the environment so it's been really refreshing to move out of the city and be a little bit more in the woods
1: How so? You when did you move outside of
2: Manhattan Manhattan. or Brooklyn? Yeah, two months. I mean, it's close. It's only like a forty-minute drive into the city. So, like, my dentist is still there. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm very particular about a dentist. Um, Yeah, that kind of life as as we knew it is there. It is really nice to be up here. And like, at the end of the day, when it gets dark, it's like it's such this like feeling of relaxation to like be in the dark like a, and, and for it to be quiet we were living at like a bus stop and it was just constantly like you know the sounds of the bus and the just yeah the screeching and and the and noise of a city you know? so it's yeah it's really nice to be in the in the nature and just taking a little bit slower
1: yeah, sounds lovely. To be here. Okay, okay. I think we are ready for our lightning round. What is your favorite
2: food? Pizza. Favorite color? Purple. Favorite song? Oh, when it's um, from Beauty and the Beast, Taylor's all this time. Just because David, David and Taylor they always dance together, and it's like really cool thing ever. Oh. <laughs> and he does. She has to wear like her dress that Fanny actually gave it to her, but she does like a little curtsy, and then she calls. David Bobby but she has to like okay. in that moment he goes by Beast so she goes like Beast Beast and then dance and he does a dip and like no she's so serious about it and then I'm Mrs. Potts. I'm just like off, <laughs> sitting in the corner singing the songs. So she wears yellow and everything. She has like a little yellow dress. Oh, admitted. Yeah, That's what committed. I like. Yeah. yeah. Favorite type of garment to wear. Um, like Ichi's, you know, their cozy sweaters. Uh do you have any pets? We do. We have two little kitties, um, Zumi and bay Well, those are great names. Thank you. Yeah, Zumi in Japanese. Sumi means like charcoal. So and he's charcoal with like little white so we call him Zinni. Yeah, Bebe. He calls him Bebe, like her baby and her babies. So.
1: Uh, favorite place you've traveled and somewhere you'd like to travel in the future?
2: Um, I love that island off of Malaysia, Lingkawi. It's just the most beautiful, kind of unassuming place that was really quiet and there weren't many people. And um, yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite places. Oh, in the future, so many places. <laughs> Recently, like a, a friend of mine in Copenhagen, she... She's in some of my photos on my for my sunglasses, but she's based in Copenhagen. She's her mom is Japanese, so we met in Japan years ago. But she actually T is also really into Aladdin, so it, her name is Jasmine. So I started calling her Princess Jasmine. So T really thinks she is Princess Jasmine. She <laughs> kind of looks like her too, and so it's like. I need to call Princess Jasmine. I need to see Princess Jasmine. I like, keep telling her, like, as soon as we can travel, we'll go see Princess Jasmine. Uh-huh. So, like, you can, you can spend time with her. <laughs> oh, so
1: sweet. Well, we know where and you want yes, to go. Yeah, like, I'm
2: ready. I'm a jet setter. I'm like, okay, we're going to Copenhagen.
0: <laughs> Do you have a
2: hidden talent? I grew up playing the violins five onwards, all the way through college. Um, wow. So, I should. I, like i competed in like those massachusetts like, you know and i grew up in the berkshires where uh tanglewood is so i you know music was definitely a big part of my upbringing um, but then as soon as i went to college i probably like a lot of people i just i stopped playing and uh, yeah so at some point i should definitely get back into it and I, okay. there have been moments where i have picked it up and i, I find it as like, a, such a like a expression a way of expressing myself that you can't do through anything else
1: the violin um, is specifically like that i think i the violin. So. i never played anything but. i mean oh i don't play oh, okay. it i i, I was like it's that very
0: beautiful it. oh yeah i love
2: listening <laughs> <to the violin. laughs> i was like i don't play it you can like my teacher said it at the time she's like you have to make the violin sing and that i feel like it does really sing like i love the piano i love all like but the you can make it sing and if, if there's a way to get back to that point <laughs> I'd
1: like to uh favorite book uh the
2: good earth I really like that book.
0: favorite purchase of 2020
2: furniture like flows lighting for our house it's, it's been really crazy kind of you know moving into a new house where you have more rooms and a lot more space to fill uh, uh, so yeah we've been going crazy with that
1: And our last question is is favorite podcast or a thing you like to listen to while you're working.
2: Just I like to listen to like jazz piano. Um, I find it really calming and it it just like helps me zone into what I'm working on.
1: That's great. No, music can be like that. It can help you get Get in the zone. zone. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Yeah, it's been no, really fun Like we learned a lot. Yeah, we did. Now I'm excited yes. to see the the future sunglasses.
1: Yeah. Yes. More We're coming. Yeah. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> so thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on. Talking to you
2: guys. Hope to see you sometime Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we'll try future. to,
1: yeah, we'll hope to see you too in the future. Okay. Oh, I think, you know, I think this looks promising. Yeah, this at least really yeah. yeah maybe not world travel but 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 you semi-local know, travel local travel yeah yeah i think yeah. so yeah for everyone listening right now if there's things we've mentioned we'll try to link to it in the show yes. notes we'll link to eva's websites mm-hmm. and her instagram account so you can visit and see more of her work there you can See how
0: cute Taya is yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
1: thank you so, so much everyone yeah, and- thank you so much